As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Watching the scene from the last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue-collar nature of this city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends, a post-game edition, 2.06 in the morning. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Dunn behind the scenes. Following the Eagles' surprising 32-21 loss to the Washington Commanders on Monday Night Football. This was the game when everything went wrong. It was cemented, of course, by the touchdown that was promised the day the Eagles released and waived Casey Tuhill uh, in order to make room for returning Vinnie Curry, who was 32 years old at the time. We'll get to that, I'm sure, but there's much more to talk about. Zach, uh, the quest for a perfect season is over. The 72 Dolphins are very happy. I'm sure they were partying this weekend with Marissa down in Miami. How are you? What's going on? Uh, we are here. The lights just turned off behind us for the field. You're wearing long underwear. we got a lot to talk about. Excited for this pod. Uh, big game tonight. I thought that the Eagles turnover luck ran out, and there was debate internally about how much luck has to do with it. But I wasn't sure what I, I I'm did so not... tired of people making the excuses for the Colts like Andrew Luck retired. Like, okay, he retired. There's been a long time since for them to replace him. Like, you know, okay. get over it. While we're on the subject, right? Uh I did not think I can hold it if that's easier. No, I would okay. rather you not. Okay. I did not think that the turnover margin was sustainable. Like we discussed on the show previously, only three... Yeah, but luck has nothing to do with it. They preach these yeah. things, Zach. So and, and what you saw tonight I laugh was, when people say that this is luck. I laugh yeah. about that. We work on this. Yeah. We're the first coaching staff in NFL history 
to ever, or really football at any level, emphasize turnovers. No one has ever thought to do that before. So what you saw was inopportune turnovers at inopportune times, and you can get into the specifics of each one, but that was problematic on the offensive side. The defensive side, the run defense is a problem. Oh, I thought you were going to say they were fine tonight. Getting off the field is a problem. Um, time of possession, when you look at the disparity of plays run, that's problematic. Uh, so, Second biggest disparity of time of possession in the league this season. Yeah, so I I think that there's a lot to chew on here. I don't think I'm, it's 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 one of these games where you have to put the back where you put the bat signal up and you're worried of, of something. Look at you bringing in the Batman references. Uh, look at you fresh with the refs at two o nine in the morning of something greater occurring. I I I don't I I think this is a blip on the radar. Over Why so serious, Zach? Oh well, we're doing a podcast for yeah, uh, this is our see, job. Now, now your pop culture has run out. That's another reference for you. Why so serious? Okay. Uh, over the course of, of a 17-game season, you're going to have clunkers, right? And tonight was a clunker. Uh, now, if this is compounded in Indianapolis next week, then you start to say, were they a, a little inflated earlier on? But I think they flushed this out of them. They rebound next week, and you 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 push this aside. But 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 there were things tonight that I was expecting at some point, and, and in particular – I I identify the take or I'm sorry the giveaways there the turnovers there. Yeah, I think you know I, I know that there are some people who are like who are livid about this uh, loss, and you know maybe you're you're stretching those muscles for the first time this season. You haven't had a chance to yell enough, and so now is the time. <clears throat> the refs we can get to, uh, and I know you talked to some of the refs after the game. You snuck One in. You snuck into their locker room, and good reporter that you are, follow the story, way. chased it down, snipped it out. Um, I find it a little bit hard to get worked up about this this loss for the Eagles. Um, so many things had to go wrong. They still like very easily could have and and should have won this game despite that time of possession disparity, despite the plays disparity. Um, I think there is one main thing that is a real concern, which is the run defense, and we can get to that. But, um, like, the fumble on Dallas Goddard when he gets his face mask yanked, like, that's a tough break. That's a bad break. You can't well, really – well, go ahead. I mean – No, wait. no, I'm sorry. I mean, no. yeah, he shouldn't fumble, but he also yeah. shouldn't, like – Yeah, the play should have been nullified. It yeah. should have been nullified. But uh, as I was watching it back, John Ridgway did punch it out, okay? Now, I don't know if him being yanked had anything to do with it. Uh, Nick Sirianni kind of focused on the part they could control afterwards, but yeah, I, I think the Quez Watkins fumble is the one where where you really say this is problematic. Like that that cost them; it shouldn't have happened. That was a bad fumble. But even like it, problematic, I think is too strong because okay. it's like it's you just hit a fifty yard play. Like he's trying to get up and and keep going. Like yeah, he should be aware of who's behind him, but that's also bad luck. Like and that's why it's so it's so like farcical for them to insist that like plus 15 turnover differential. That's just, that's just us doing what we preach. Like everybody else, the, the next best team is plus six, but we're that much better. We're that much better at teaching this stuff than everybody else in the league. Come on. Like this stuff is, is bound to regress. It was going to happen in a game like this. Division games are weird. Um, I like that Washington team credit to them for sticking to their, uh, their guns and the Eagles for not adjusting. Uh, through the first two and a half quarters of this game. But 
Uh, even like even the interception that Jalen Hurts threw is like a fine mistake to make. Like that's there that was an an, uh, an error of aggression, as was Quez Watkins's, I think. And the only problematic things are on defense, right? That, that that's that's like the you know what I know that you're going to defend that, but <laughs> no, yes, I'm not defending like it, the but, offense yeah. was fine in this game. <laughs> with the one thing that I would actually really complain about is is their play calling on the the final possession. Like what are we doing? Uh, game on the line. Second and eight, we're pulling A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith off the field to make sure we get another 13 personnel play in. I'm not so sure I agree with that. But, uh, yeah, the defense, the offense moved the ball fine. I, I I thought the offense looked fine tonight. And I thought, like, there were some people complaining about Jalen Hurts in this game. I thought Jalen Hurts was really good. Yeah, I thought Hurts was was fine. I, I, um, I, I don't just dismiss, you know, the turnovers. Now, I was going to say four. It's really three. I, I I will dismiss the last one. The last one doesn't count. But three well, turnovers. It counts. We want to get into the semantics of yeah. what counts, what doesn't. But three turnovers. I I can't dismiss that in this. Like uh, I'm 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 also not going to call this offense. You know, like the greatest show on turf. They they score touchdowns on the first two drives. One with the short field and yes, they barely yeah. had the ball, Zach. Well, they could have had the ball more if not for the three and outs, but. Oh, right, it's, it's the defense's fault. No, this is, I, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, if you are going to try to convince me that this game is about the offense turning the ball over and not the defense, then I, I really oh, no, strongly I th- I disagree. I think there's blame all around, but I think, I, I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, I, I would have a hard time thinking teams that turn the ball over three times, four times, but three for the sake of argument here, uh, has a very good success rate winning games. Sure, but like those, there's a different. Like those are are those turnovers are one of them is a is a deep throw right to AJ Brown who looked like he was not 100 percent and wasn't able to fight for that ball. I think that's a fine throw. You 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 make that throw every time. Uh, the Dallas Goddard one we talked about is bad luck, and the Quez Watkins one is bad luck too. I mean, he should make a better play. But those are in, but this is the difference, Zach. That is those are individual mistakes. Right now, you know, you win as a team, you lose as a team. But those are like they are moving the ball. They are showing that as an offense, they are explosive. But an individual is making a mistake on defense. The whole unit is getting pushed around and thrown around and like completely incapable of stopping the the 28th ranked rushing offense. And they're getting like they're getting embarrassed. And so one is like. A, a, a bad luck flip of the coin. The other is a structural, uh, like flaw that is this team's Achilles heel. <laughs> I mean, like they're I, top, I they're a some, top, they're a top ten there. unit in passing offense, in rushing offense, in passing defense, and they're a bottom ten unit sure. in yeah. in rushing. Yeah, defense. the rushing defense is a concern right now, and it's a it's even more of a, it's even more pronounced when you look at what's ahead. Jonathan Taylor's ahead next week, and and. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon thereafter, and and Derrick Henry after that, and Saquon Barkley in there. The rushing defense is a concern, uh, and when you don't have Jordan Davis, uh, Jordan Davis is a very important piece to this. But you need to find ways to compensate, and they didn't find ways to compensate. And I I, I would say more of a concern is the third down defense. You got to get off the field on third down now. A lot of it had to do with the way they, you know, it's what coaches say, the way you play on first and second down, and that had to do with the run defense. There were too many third and shorts, right? But then there were also third and long conversions, and the fact that Washington had 21 
third down attempts speaks to the how often they were on the field and how the Eagles couldn't get them off the field. And the Eagles needed to force more three and outs because their offense was having three and outs, so their defense needed to force three and outs. Um, and they did not do that nearly well enough. So, I, yeah, I... I I had I had a problem with the way the defense played today. The defense did not play nearly well enough. But I I'm, I'm simply I'm not even playing devil's advocate with you. I just I can't excuse three turnovers. I I can't say well this is bad luck. That's bad luck. That's bad luck. You turn the ball over three times, you're not going to win games. So that, that that's that's the bottom line, you know. Um, but it, like I, I I because as bad as the defense played and the defense played defense did not play well. They played poorly tonight. Okay, I was I, I I'm looking at you, but I'll look at the camera. The defense played poorly tonight. That said, but, go ahead, that, give your butt. That said, you know. they had two takeaways. They had a strip sack that led to a touchdown that gave the offense a short field and led to a touchdown. Hundred percent. And true. they had an interception that took points off the board. Okay, um, and I thought for the most part, after the offense's turnovers, the defense did a decent job responding. Uh, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll give Joey Sly credit. He, he he made some tough kicks there that that factored into things. But what really hurt the the, the defense tonight, especially I believe, uh, I believe Joey Sly had a high school teacher um, named Mr. Torres, who once nicknamed him the Sly Guy. <laughs> uh, I remember him when he was at Vautech. Um what what killed you tonight was 13 play 75 yard touchdown drive. Yeah, this is five drives in a row. Five drives in a row. Washington goes 13 plays for 75 yards and a touchdown. 12 plays for 49 yards and a field goal. 16 plays for 86 yards and a touchdown. Eight plays for 30 yards and a field goal at the end of the half. 14 plays for 71 yards and a field goal. Like and and the problem with that, Zach is that that is the game plan that Jonathan Gannon entered this game with. That's what he wanted them to do, and they they took it and ran with it and kept the Eagles' explosive offense off the field. That was their game plan, and the Eagles were not able to wait, stop them. They were it, not able to wait, address. Explosive offense? The one that four plays, 20 yards interception, three plays, five yards punt, three plays, seven yards punt. You know, the you, you yes. come out of the half. Yes, Jordan 62 Mylata, yards wait, fumble. Yeah, because wait, they had a 50-yard pass, and they fumbled Jordan after Mylata that. Jordan told me last week, told me last week, they say the most important drive of the game is the drive coming out at the start of the second half. Three plays, three plays. Yeah, that was an awful drive. Yeah. I give you that. I'll, uh, I'll give you that. That so, was terrible. So, like, let's – I mean, again, I'm not absolving the defense, but – it seems to be a, a a theme with 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 you that like, well, don't look over here at the three and outs because you can look over there at the long drives given up. The blame is all around here. Offense. I don't defense. think so. You don't think so? I don't. I mean, yeah, you know, I, yeah. I the mean, blame goes to Quez Watkins and the blame goes to Dallas Goddard. But they're they're like if we're if we're apportioning turkeys for blames, uh, for this loss. Offense versus defense versus special oh, I'm, teams. I'm, the defense is getting seventy-five of my turkeys. All right. Well, this is where you and like, this isn't even. This has nothing to do with Jonathan Gannon. This just has to do with, with, with football one hundred and one. Here is that the offense gets the ball. You know. So we talked about the start of of of, of the second half. There, you want to respond. It's it's a uh, it's a one possession game. They go three and out. But then how about let's let's look at the fourth quarter when when they keep getting the ball back and there's a fumble. There's a fumble. There's there's what? Is there a, there's a three and out on a, on a gotta have it drive 
in the fourth quarter. Sure. I mean, explosive, like, okay. like uh, you know, I'm not. You're the third down guy. They had 21 opportunities to make a play. And they the, made what? Four? The defense? Yeah. They they held them the, the, the 12 of the 21 on okay. third downs. Now, that said, the fourth, you know, uh, Washington converted on the fourth down there, too. Um Look, and if I'm, you're gonna, and if and we like, haven't even gotten to the last, like the last play of the game, if you're gonna, if you're gonna castigate Quez defense, Watkins defense and 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 Dallas Goddard for their little errors, then you got to go after Brandon Graham the yeah, same way. Absolutely, the defense was a. I I looked into the camera and I said it. <laughs> well, defense, just because you look into the camera the defense, and say it and then argue no, against no, yourself no, doesn't no, the make it fair. The defense was a problem tonight. I'm just saying you can't let the offense off the hook. When you look at these three and outs that they had, when you look at three and outs in critical times in the game, critical times in the game, um, the, the they sustained they sustained one drive the entire game really, right? Or or no? Well, that's no, not no, true. No, I two mean, two drives. They sustained two drives. Um, yeah, this the yeah yeah they sustained two drives. Okay, uh, now are you going to give? the defense any blame for the offense like not being able to get into a rhythm because they didn't have the ball the entire first half or do you say that that's totally unfair the offense has to figure itself out well it helps when you don't go three and out to get a rhythm. what about the first half they didn't have a chance well they did they they had two three and outs in the first half didn't they or no they had a three and touchdown on the first Um, possession they had uh, one three and out so no oh i'm uh, i'm talking about the four and out basically with the interception there um so yeah, yeah which look, we already talked about. yeah, I, look, I agree. I'm not letting the defense. The defense played poorly. I am saying, but but don't. I'm I'm simply saying, don't let the offense off the hook. You you called it this explosive offense. They were not an explosive offense tonight. They were not. Like what? What suggests they were an explosive well, I'm offense? I'm talking there? about like an ex, like the the completion to Quez Watkins is an explosive play that results in a fumble. That's like. Okay, fair. Um, beyond that, they, I mean, I just—I mean, we're gonna keep talking past each other if we because we just we just, just disagree. Having, like, yeah, okay, uh, yeah. I, mean, I, I, for, I, 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 this de- this game is completely on the defense from my from my vantage point. The offense—they never gave the offense well, so, a chance. Now, no, to be so, fair, again, the, the the last possession, I thought the Eagles were gonna sc- go score a touchdown there. Uh, of course, like. You did. <laughs> oh, you did too. Don't give me that. Like I kept asking you, you think the Eagles are going to win this game? You said yes. Yeah. I thought they were going to go score a touchdown there. Uh, I, I, and like, I was very surprised that they then go thirteen personnel on second so, and eight, and uh, and then you know get sacked on third down. So they deserve blame for sure. I'm not saying that they are blameless, but if we are if we are spreading out the turkeys, I think it is it is uh, very very heavy on the defense. So this is how I'll frame it. What happened with the defense tonight, I think, is more problematic because I think that signals something. That's yes. that's 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 not an exception. That's not a blip. I think that is yes. that's not a symptom. Like I think that's more of a problem as opposed to a symptom. Uh, I right the 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 offense has blamed for like the micro mistakes in yes. this loss. Yes, exactly. But so the that the larger concern for sure is the ex- defense, no doubt ex- about it. Exactly. So that's where I'll say is this run defense is a problem and it's also gives opponents a formula for what they're going to try to do to stop them. I and think by this the is, way, well, go ahead. Houston did it last week and they did it rather effectively, I think, early in the game. I mean, that was a tied game at halftime. 
right? You're the one who said the defense wasn't that bad last week. No, I said on the aggregate. I, I like yeah. I so the way they played in the second half. I think the formula changes. thing is like a little bit overstated, only because, like, duh. Like, well, what? Of course, if they can't stop the run. Try to run. Like, yeah. I don't know. This is not like it's not like they put some crazy scheme on tape that uh, all of a sudden the league can can play copycat no, but, league. It's like. Yeah, line up and run against this team that doesn't care about stopping the run. But I think it goes more. It goes beyond that. It's getting the third and manageable and neutralize their pass rush, right? I mean, the Eagles want to get after you with these edge rushers. Okay, they want. I mean, it's not just the edge rushers. It's Javon Hargrave and and you know the interior rushers as as well. They they want to get you in the known passing situations. Now that's obvious. A lot of teams want to get you in the known passing situations, right? But a lot of teams don't have the disparity between their passing defense and their running defense, as the Eagles do. And when you just look at the way the Eagles are constructed, without Jordan Davis, okay, when Jordan Davis is in there, it's a different conversation. But without Jordan Davis, um, if you get them into third and three, into third and two, then they're a different defense than in third and long situations when they can get after you with their pass rush. And to me, that is a concern because teams are going to, like, Indianapolis saw this tonight. They're going to try to do that. Okay, Tennessee is going to try to do that. They're going to try to do that anyway. I'm all. I'm. I'm simply saying there are there are teams when you're not. There are are teams you go against where you say, let's not run against them. You know, let's let's test their secondary or they don't have the pass rushers to get to us. We're going to have time to sit in the pocket. Uh, Frankly. Well, yeah, but all I'm saying is that everybody already knew that. They didn't need Washington to play this way to already know that that was the way to attack the Eagles' defense. Well, I think what you're seeing is 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 is, is you're seeing evidence. If you're Jeff Saturday, you go to your team. I mean, it sounds this is like this, this is this is uh, in the same bucket as like us complaining about the coaching staff worrying about like giving away too much in a press conference. Like they're watching tape, too. Everybody sure. knows that this is the way to attack this defense. Sure, but I, I don't think it's been done to this level of, of effectiveness. Uh, well, this has been yeah. the two games without Jordan Davis. So Precisely. You just made my point. No, I didn't. You're, I'm, <laughs> my <laughs> point is that, is that Washington didn't need to – like okay. other teams didn't need to watch Washington's game tonight to know that this was what to, what to do. No, but I think – I also mean, think that – like, I'm sorry – uh, Jonathan, it's not just sit back and take it. You know, Jonathan Gannon blitzed once in 21 dropbacks in the first half of this game as as Washington's running all over them. Uh, this this like passivity. It seemed like it was it was a regression towards what we saw from the defense last season. Um, now I was also like, this is this is uh, this is a Casey Tuhill level, uh, Kerry Vincent level minor complaint. But why wasn't Marvin Wilson up for this game? Uh, they had an extra def- they needed him last week because they thought they needed an extra defensive lineman with Jordan Davis out. Maybe they thought he was terrible last week. And, you know, Marlon Tuipolotu took most of the snaps at nose tackle in this game. And then Javon Hargrave played a little bit more in the nose in the second half. But they were on the field for 60 whatever plays, uh, 40 minutes, and they don't want an extra defensive lineman up for this game. I thought that was very weird. Well, so I, I actually disagree with you. Um, and just to keep guys fresh. So, it, look, if you're 
you're saying that, and I, actually, I was about to say you're saying that with the benefit of hindsight, but you said it during the game, so it's not the benefit of I hindsight. I said it immediately. Going into a, get this this game, you just look at the numbers. Washington is a heavy 11 personnel team. Now, they played more 12 personnel today, but they, they are a heavy 11 personnel team that had Dotson back. The Eagles put Avante Maddox on injured reserve today. Josiah Scott has been limited in practice this this week. Okay, you get that extra body up. You want it now. It doesn't need to be an either or. You can have Goodrich and Marvin Wilson. But I in right. you don't need Goodrich and Reed Blankenship. Yeah, actually, uh, some some so uh, as it turned out, Goodrich did not get into the game tonight. But yeah, I I think you want insurance in case Josiah Scott goes down. You want another corner there. You're expecting this to be a pass heavy. Team now. That's why? Like, why? Because that's how they played last time. That's how they played this season. How about a little self scouting? How about knowing that what we just talked about—that what Houston okay. put on tape You're last right. week—is what they're going to try to do. Now the I I hear you there, and the argument against it is that Washington probably thinks their offensive personnel is better than Houston's. I mean, Houston didn't have the wide receivers that Washington had tonight. Terry McLaurin. Was awesome. We saw that tonight. They were getting Jahan Dotson back. They they like to in, in, incorporate Curtis Samuel. Scott Turner's been a heavy eleven personnel team. That's that's like that that was their mo going into the game. And by the way, I also think, and I could be wrong here. Like I I could be way off. Um, I haven't read any of the Washington's quotes, but I imagine that their game plan might have shifted too after that opening drive, after. Uh, Josh Sweat gets, you know, he, he gets the Heineke, sacks him on that opening drive, uh, and it was actually after the special teams miscue, but still the opening drive for, for all intents and purposes. Even I will admit the special teams was a disaster um, tonight. And, uh, and, and they might have looked at that, and they said, look, we, we can't do these drops again, you know, even without Carson, even with someone who, theory, who theoretically gets rid of the ball quicker. We can't do these deep drops. We need to run the ball more. We need to have tight end in help. We need to have tight ends in helping with protection. Uh, so perhaps they adjusted on the fly. Um, I'm not the. Def- I am not the. Def- I am not defending Jonathan Gannon here. Okay. I am simply saying that if if you get the data of what Washington was doing, you would have thought that they would play a little bit differently than they did tonight. I mean, I guess. I still think you want. I still think you would want that extra body at a position where okay. you rotate guys and yeah. guys play, as opposed to two worst case scenario. Now this gets back to special teams. Maybe you think you needed Goodrich and Blankenship for special teams, but Goodrich shouldn't even play on special teams. Yeah. I think Goodrich was there for for depth in the slot because Josiah has been banged up and because Avante's not out there. I hear you there. I mean, I liked Marvin Wilson this summer. I didn't think Marvin Wilson played well. Yeah, I mean, again, this is like this is not the reason they lost the game, but they were on the field a ton. Like yeah. Tui Pelotu had to play like yeah. so much in the first half. Yeah, and look, it, I mean, to me, it's more problematic when the only way you can stop the run is if you have Jordan Davis, right? Like that's. I agree with you there. Because the other thing you're you're doing is is you're like tipping your hand when you play, you know. And we've talked about this throughout the season that you need to get Jordan Davis in the passing situations. But but yeah, you're I it's it to me it's not a good sign for Gannon or for this defense that literally one player apparently holds such a sway in terms of what you I, I know there's a drop off there, but you need to figure it out. Okay? I agree. Like take the guys you have, 
figure out how to how to how to stop the run. And when teams are running on you as effectively as they are, make the adjustment to stop the run. And if if that leaves you susceptible in the passing game, um, challenge Taylor Heineke to beat you. Right? Yeah, exactly. Now, that said, blitz him. Come on. That said, the secondary, which has played well for this this season. I mean, McLaren was making plays on. Uh, on this on was that. Darius Slay's worst game yeah, in a long so, time. So I look at it and I say that uh, this was all around. Like now, I don't think one person is wearing this loss. Like there's so many things you can point to, but as this is going on, and when you talk about in-game adjustments, uh, and you see them have these lengthy drives, then if I'm Gannon and I, what I would do is I would say. We need to adjust here. What we need to do is we need to sell out against the run and force Taylor Heineke to try to beat us with his arm. And but be, be, because we can't keep surviving playing this way. Well, and I also think that there is a structural conversation of the you know the bend but also break uh, in the red zone defense, which which the Eagles have had in this game and all of last season. Like that, that does have to be a little bit frustrating for the offense. I'm not blaming the offense. I'm not blaming the defense for the offense. But don't you think that, like, when it's 12 plays, 12 plays, you know, 16 plays or whatever, that does have a, like, you're, when you are limiting possessions, um, if you are the better team, you want there to be as many possessions in the game as possible for both teams, right? Because the more possessions there are, the more, the, the larger the sample size, the better team is going to win out, right? Whereas if you are the the worst team, you want to make the game as short as possible. And so when you're the better team, but your defense is playing this philosophical strategy of limiting possessions, it doesn't really mesh well. I think like that's why I do think they should be more aggressive on defense because if you get beat, you have an offense that can score too. Well, the 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 idea is to get off the field on third downs or to force a mistake, and they were able to force mistakes twice today. They didn't do it enough, but no, I mean, I keep going back to this: if the offense is complaining they're not on the field enough, don't have three and outs, right? Three and out, then the half. Three and out to start the half. Three and out in a money drive in the in the fourth quarter. Three plays and a fumble. Six plays and a fumble. Four plays and and and, and the interception. Right, like, if you want to, if if you want to be on the field, you sustain drives. Washington's not the only team in the world that can sustain drives. This this Washington defense they're playing, they're not the '85 Bears. Okay, the Eagles are allowed to to convert a first down. Okay, let's let I mean, so yeah, I I I I mean, I'm I'm not with you as 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 much there. What's that? <laughs> no, I I need water, but I don't have water here. Uh, I yeah. Four plays, interception, three and out, three and out. Okay, blame the you can't blame the defense for that sequence. I can blame them in the first half. There was one three and out in the first half. Okay, they had, I mean, they had the ball that, four possessions. Yeah, one ended with interception. One ended with a punt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, is is it the defense's fault that they had an interception? Is the defense's fault that they had a three and out at the end of the half? Um, I think the defense is, is it the I mean, defense's I, I think, fault that they came out of the second half and had a three and out. Yeah, that was, the, a ter- that was a terrible possession. Okay, I mean, I I go back here. So uh, is it the, so the Eagles force a punt, 
and a punt in the fourth quarter, and the offense responds by punting and fumbling. Um, so, actually, I can't hold that last fumble uh, against them. But here, even if you take out that 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 last fumble, the the defense it's it's a one score game, and the last three drives, last three meaningful drives are fumble, fumble, punt. That's not the defense's fault. Okay. Whereas the defense's last four drives, the the defense did not give up a touchdown after the second quarter of the game, or so. Yeah, they, they were holding them to field goals. Look, I'm not. Uh, you're you're yeah, making now also seem- also like Scott Turner totally turtled up and got extru like they they stopped trying to move the ball. It seemed like they were just trying to waste time. But you know, I'll I'll, I'll throw that at you. The defense. Did not play well, but <laughs> neither did the offense. And if you want to know why the team did not score points and why the time of possession is what it was, it wasn't just these sustained drives on defense. It was because of the offense's inability to sustain drive. And I know that's not a popular take among you or among Professor Selman or among the commenters. I can't read the comments, but I imagine that's that's that. Do you not. think it's telling that you're outnumbered so much? Do I think it's it's telling? Yeah. I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of group think often, um, okay. you know. So, yeah, no, I, I think that uh, – You're I'm, the one who knows the game. I'm not suggesting I'm the, I'm, I'm the one who knows the game. But, yeah, I, I, I do think you need to have courage of your, in, in your convictions. And I don't think three and outs are good. I, I, I know you can blame three and outs on the defense, but I don't think three and outs are good, bottom line. But – don't bill me as like defending the defense tonight. I am not defending the defense. The defense played poorly. <laughs> the offense played poorly too. As Nick Sirianni said, this was everyone wears this loss. The offense, the defense, the special teams. And I agree with that. Everyone wears this loss as tonight. As Nick Sirianni said, luck has nothing to do with it. As Nick Sirianni said, they played like crap. Okay. You, so- cre- you create your own luck and they played like crap. And that is true. All right. Let's just get some of the actual uh, numbers out there before we go to break. Jalen Hurts, 17 of 26 for 175 yards, sacked once, two touchdowns, one interception. Miles Sanders, 12 for 54. Hurts had uh, 28 yards rushing on six carries. Devontae Smith, they tried to feed him early, uh, but there was not a lot of uh, explosion to those targets. Six catches on eight targets for 39 yards. Quez Watkins had four for 80. A.J. Brown, as we said, uh, got a little banged up in this game, limped off in the first quarter, came back, but it was not much of a factor. One catch for seven yards. Goddard was banged up in this game, too. Three catches for 23 yards. Devontae Smith was also banged up in this game. So was Jason Kelsey. So was Josh Sweat. So the Eagles did uh, sort of try to fight through some uh, nagging injuries in this game. All of those guys returned. As you said, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson had the interception, which puts him to the top of the league lead with six. Brian Robinson, you know, the numbers are not super uh, eye-popping. They ran the ball a lot, but they didn't run it uh, for, like, huge numbers. Brian Robinson, 26 for 86. Antonio Gibson, 14 for 44. That's 3.3 yards a carry and 3.1 yards a carry. Nothing too uh, too crazy, but it was effective in uh, keeping the ball away from the Eagles' offense. Uh, Taylor Heineke, 17 of 29 for 211, three sacks, zero touchdowns, one interception. What did you make of the, the call? Uh, at the end of the game, Zach, because you did get a chance to talk to the refs. <clears throat> Excuse me. Terry McLaurin, 8 for 128. Uh, so the call at the end of the game, I thought it was a weak call. I did. I, I, I thought, now, 
I'll explain what the officials saw there. The officials saw... Explain first the actual uh, pool report process. Pool report process? Uh, you notified the... Every t team has a designated pool reporter. Okay. That's you. I am the designated pool reporter here. Um, Chris Franco. Ghost of the, most, the most handsome guy on the beat. Chris Franco of NJ.com is, is, is an alternative one. So perhaps in the next situation, he's doing this. Um, you notify the league uh, that... The, what do you, how do you do that? You text Roger? Don't text Roger. No. Uh, in this case, I notify the Eagles, uh, who then I call someone from the league. Um, I explain what we want clarification on. Uh, in past years, I've gone down to the locker room to speak to the official. Um, I don't know if this is a post-COVID world, but now you talk to them over the phone. Mm. Um, scared to look you in the face. They know you're you're a stone cold newsman. You're gonna pound him for the truth. I don't believe it's that. Uh, I do, for the record. <laughs> and so, easier to obfuscate. So you go over the you simply you ask a few questions, and then the league handles it from there. And that way, the pool reporter, and this is good. That's not is is like this. The pool reporter is not at any type of competitive advantage from a reporting element as anyone else. I, I don't use it before anyone else. I make sure that the material is dispersed, and then I uh, use it if, if need be, or you use it thereafter. Um, so I asked about two plays in question. The end of game play with uh, – well, I shouldn't say the end of game play. The late fourth quarter play when – For all when, intents and purposes. When yeah. Brandon Graham was charged with the personal foul. And then I also asked about the non-call on the Dallas Goddard face mask. The Brandon Graham play, they said that Taylor Heineke gave himself up. And they thought it was clear. And Brandon Graham hit both late and struck him to the head and was charged with a personal foul, essentially, for both, right? Uh, I think that— And you asked for clarification. Was it because it was later? Was it because it was to the head? And he said, It's one and the same. Eh, I don't really feel like giving you an no, answer. I'll said, say both. He said it's one and the same. So, uh, what do I think there? It's such a bang-bang situation. I don't think Brandon Graham did anything egreg egregious there. Uh, the hitting to the head part, I have a hard time with that one because he's on his Kneels knee. Down. He's on his knee. Yeah. There's no strike zone there, right? Yeah. I mean. That's true. And he's, like, getting up. Yeah. I thought initially that maybe it was helmet to helmet, uh, but it was not. On, mm -hmm. on, on looking back, it was, like, his shoulder to his helmet. Yeah. Um, Hitting them late. Yeah, I think yeah. it's. Uh, well, go ahead. Say what you say your opinion, and then. I suppose the letter of the law there. Now you are supposed to touch them down, right? So if he touches him, it's a little different. I mean, is it the way he went in? I I'm up in the press box. I I don't hear when the whistle was blown. If I I can't see the comments, but if the commenters can share, was was there a clear whistle? Uh, I don't uh, think there I was don't... a whistle. I think um, yeah. So it's you... also from Brandon Graham's perspective, like he's rushing. He doesn't yeah. see him necessarily yeah. on on the knee. I think it's like it's an unfortunate call yeah. for the game to be decided yes. by that. Yes. Um, and you would like there to be some discretion on uh on what's like the importance of the game. Uh, and like the ticky tack nature of the call, I I do think that it was by the letter of the law probably the correct call. Um, okay. And and more importantly, Brandon Graham 
does have to know better. So the Quez Watkins fumble, right? He he was the, on the, the ground. The Goddard one. Oh, sorry. He was oh, on you're the ground, saying, yeah, yeah. but he was not touched down, right? right? So therefore, he stands up and he's still Well, he also play. wasn't giving himself but up. But he was not giving himself up. Heineke was giving himself up. And so that's, I think, I, really that's where the, the distinction. And here. I think that's the important distinction because, yeah. like, the way that Heineke does it, like, the sort of sneaky way of, yeah. like, taking a quick knee in front of you as you're coming at him is not really by the letter of the law giving yourself up yeah. in a way. It's much more, uh, like, trickery. But – you know, he he took advantage of the rules and then celebrated like he won the Super Bowl. So good for him. It was a big win for them. He's fine. You win, you can celebrate. Uh, yeah. yeah gonna be, he was celebrating, I think, until he got into the locker room and saw the uh, results from the Arizona governorship race. <laughs> uh, so the Dallas Goddard um, play, look, that's unfortunate. And essentially what happened there is the officials didn't see the face mask. How they missed it? Well, I mean, He's, there's nothing for them to say. Like, the, we missed it. Yeah. We, you know, the back judge is right there. Now, yeah. I agree with Bill Belichick. Every play should be reviewable. Okay? I don't know. That seems like such a slug. You want games to be longer? No, but Maybe you get more three. breaks in you play? You get the same amount of reviews, but you can just I use guess. them in that spot. Um, although it's hard to – it is hard to go back and I've, let I've, the I've, like, uh, over time totally changed my mind on this. Like, I, I – Younger me was like, get everything right, a hundred percent. Like everything should be reviewable. Now it's like, you know, it's not going to be perfect. You're yeah. going to make mistakes. Let's just let's get the game going. Like enough of the enough of the what is a catch, what isn't a catch. You know, that was an egregious miss, though. A hundred percent, terrible job. Um, and there's a guy standing right there, looking right at it. I don't, I don't yeah. know how you missed that. Now that said, and I I brought this up at the top of the show. Great play by John Ridgeway. Like. Davis didn't need to do that. Ridgeway. Hassan Ridgeway? No, John Ridgeway. Hassan. John. Hassan. Uh, John Ridgeway the third, the defensive tackle for the commanders. He came from behind. And Hassan he, Ridgeway. He punched that loose. I actually think if there was no face masking, that still would have been a penalty on the play. A fumble, you mean? I'm sorry, a fumble on the play. Yes. Okay. Uh, and look, the, the Eagles. Now, Nick Sirianni said on the Quez one that that is something that they – try to emphasize yes. that when you're getting up off the ground, it is a situation where the defense is going to try to strip you. And so that is a bad play by Quest. And Quest said his ball security wasn't good there. He was trying to make a play. His ball security was Eagle good. claw. Yeah. That's the, why I, I, I mean, I led the story with the signs that went up in the facility this week. Mm. And all of a sudden, here you go. You know, you, you lose two fumbles, you throw an interception. You, you really lost three, but for all for our conversation, we lost two fumbles. You can really tell, Zach, the uh, the juice levels, the 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 numbers, mm-hmm. our viewership numbers down. It's a loss. It? People are not as excited. They're not. They don't want to stay up till two thirty in the morning to well, talk I, about a loss. I, it probably has more to do with the time. On well, we've had some late night pods with some pretty bombastic numbers. This is a perk of me getting to do it with you. I don't have access to those live numbers. Mm. If I did, I would be obsessed with them throughout the show. Like. Uh, based on a point, a good point or a bad point, if someone's leaving, I would be paying attention to all that data. All right. Uh, well, let's take a little break. We got one ad break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit of big picture. How worried are you about this Eagles team? Uh, some stuff like that. We'll get into Swooper. We'll uh, talk some more long underwear. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to Birds with Friends, Bo and Zach. Uh, Zach, fresh off the loss, how much does this change your 10,000-foot view of, of the 2022 Eagles? Not the least bit. Uh, not the, I didn't think they were going 17-0. and 0. I didn't know when the loss or losses were going to come, but a little sooner than I thought. I, I expected them to beat Washington. Uh, but no, I, I still think they're a really good team. I still think they're the class of the NFC. And I, I thought I said this on the pod. I wrote this in the second half of the schedule. I, I, I didn't think the turnover pace was sustainable. I didn't think they, and I asked Jason Kelsey this after the game and he said, yeah, they're not going to be plus three every game. Like they know that, but he said, but they can't turn over the ball like that. And, and I laugh when people say that there's luck involved. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and uh, Bo is, of course, referring to Jonathan Gannon when I asked Jonathan and Gannon. And Nick Sirianni. Sirianni said yeah. it too. Yes. They said the same thing. Yes. No, That's Gannon, hilarious that you could possibly suggest that there's now, luck Gannon's involved. Gannon's the one who used the term laugh. I think Sirianni said something very similar. Sirianni said people say this, uh, but there's no luck involved. You know, okay. He said, yeah. but there's no luck. And then he went on to talk about okay. all, all that they preach. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying turnovers are luck, but I, I I think that there is, there was going to be a regression, perhaps not to the mean, but a regression from and what I felt to be an unsustainable pace. And, and I actually thought, I, I you know, we're, this is one game that yeah. may still happen. I, I, mean, I am expecting more regression in their takeaways. That's what I was, so I was about to say. That. Yeah. And this is what I, 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 I wrote. If you want, like, one thing, well, there's a few things that, I, that concern me about the defense. But what happens to this defense when you're not getting the takeaways at the rate that they're getting now? Like, we, we criticized the way the defense played tonight, and that was still with two critical takeaways. If you if if they don't have those takeaways, this looks even worse. And even Jonathan Gannon said, turnovers come in bunches, takeaways come in bunches. They're still in this stretch of bunches, right? Ashanti Gardner Johnson's had five consecutive games with an interception. That's insane. At, at some point, this does. Now, I I as as an aside, I would think that like a safety getting five consecutive games with an interception would stand out as like history. Right. It's like the first time it's happened since Kurt Coleman. <laughs> so, <laughs> really? Yeah. Kurt Coleman and one other player uh, not too long ago. Wow. So, um, in any event, his play the, tonight was a nice play. It was not that was yeah. that was not one that was like tipped by somebody yeah. else, or it was, it was like a, nice he play. made the nice read. He yeah. went up and got it. it was a great, really yeah. nice play. 
Um, so I, I, I did see a point when they couldn't rely on the turnover differential. Uh, and they do need to get sharper across the board. But, like, I had a chance to watch football this weekend. The Eagles haven't played on Sundays in a while. So yeah. I've had a chance to watch football more recently than I typically get to do. And the Eagles are better than most of these teams. Like, uh, I mean, there are maybe three to five teams in the league that are even in the Eagles category. Uh, so, no, big picture, this doesn't change the way I view it. That said, um, home field is so critical. That's, yeah, and, that's where I'm going to go. And a 1st round buy is so critical. And the way the playoff structure changed last year was, uh, obviously, there's only one team that gets a buy now, not two. And having that buy is such an advantage. So they need to finish first to have like the, the best odds of making the Super Bowl. Yeah, and that's why that's why it does change things for me, not in terms of like how good I think they are, uh, because I still think they are the best team in the NFC. Um, but in terms of the path, like the stakes the, the stakes of the season have changed. And so after Minnesota goes and gets that win in Buffalo, they're tied at seven. Now the Eagles will have the tiebreaker head to head because they beat them. But um, it's like the 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 margin for error is now much smaller um, because they have a loss because the Vikings are unexpectedly uh, also eight and one, and uh, the Cowboys got a loss, which is which is good for them. The Cowboys and Vikings play next week, so we'll see how that shakes out. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't expect that they're going to now reel off another eight straight wins and finish the season sixteen and one. Um, and if there's a there's a big difference between the two seed exactly. and the one seed, or you know, God forbid, the five seed if the if the Cowboys catch them, right? So, um, it's it's kind of it's kind of nice that the Eagles can now sort of like flip the switch from like the the dreams of like you know undefeated. Not that not that it's like you want to get that stuff out of the way, but. They can be a little bit more clear-eyed now about moving forward what the real goal is, which is to get the number one seed um, and to do what it takes to get that and not, like, have this um, – I don't really buy into, like, the burden of, uh, uh, you know, you wanted the loss. The loss is a good thing. A.J. Brown sort of said that in the locker room after the game. It's kind of nice that they don't have to talk about that now. But I think it is, like, um, the honeymoon is over now and you can – look at things with uh, a sober view of what uh, is actually going on. And what is actually going on is they have an elite offense, which is what matters the most. Uh, that is what makes them one of the best teams in the league. They have an opportunistic defense, but it is a, a flawed defense that um, in the playoff, like that's that's part of why you need home field advantage and why you only want to be have to win two games because I'm sorry if, if Taylor Heineke uh, can pick you apart then, you know, God forbid Tom Brady comes in here or, you know, Dak Prescott comes in here or uh, Daniel Jones comes in here, your boy. Well, I don't know how Daniel Jones is my boy, but well, no. He plays I, for a classy organization. I do think what, I'm sorry, I do think what tonight's evidence of is you can't just show up, right? Like, it's the cliche that teams in the NFL are too good, right? But, but you but we kept talking, well, this is a soft schedule, and when's this loss going to come? You can't just show up and take a win for granted. Uh, they lost to, to Taylor Heineke tonight. It was fine, but not good, right? Um, 
and it's the meanest thing you've ever said. <laughs> and the 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 reality is that that there are losses on this schedule if they don't bring it. And the margin for error when there's only one team that gets a buy is it's it's a thin margin, right? You can lose another game or two, but you can't lose another game or three. I mean, you can't lose a lose. I don't think thirteen and four gets you a gets you a buy. I think that's probably right. So you're looking at here. You need to be you know fourteen wins probably, especially with how many bad teams there are in the NFC. Um, it, the margin for error is thin, and you can't just. You can't just show up against Indianapolis next week, and you can't just show up um, against you know Aaron Rodgers is going to give you you know he's he's going to test you, um, and I can go on down the list. The Giants but like in a stores, really annoying way. Like <laughs> you talked about how division games can be tough. Seeing the second te- you know seeing a team twice that's going to test you. Um, even the Bears like they're going to put strain on you here, right? Um, point being that. The Eagles need to show up each week, and I, I know Sirianni preaches it, but I think tonight is evidence of it. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. All right, you ready for Swooper? Yeah, let's do it. I believe Marissa has a graphic. She's the best. We missed her the other day. We sure did. Uh, This was a a heavy action week of Swooper. Uh, Why don't we start with you, Zach? Devontae Smith leads the Eagles in receiving yards. Now, not receptions, receiving yards. This did not hit for you. Carson Wentz makes the trip to Philadelphia and is in the stadium for the game. That did hit. You had some inside information. Good job by you. One, an Eagles player who did not have a cat who did not have a reception against the Commanders in Week Three has a reception in this game. I believe you hit this with two guys, right? Jack Stoll and Zach Pascal, or was it just one of them? I, I think Gainwell, too. Or oh, Gainwell, too. Well, either way, you hit it. That yeah. makes it two. And then you had, there are more total accepted penalty yards from scrimmage on both teams when the Eagles have the ball than when the Commanders have the ball. Now, I have two questions for you on this front. Would you consider um, the punt, the penalties on punts, like they're roughing the punter from scrimmage? Because yeah, it is. Washington has, has possession of the ball. Okay. They're... Giving up possession, but they have possession. Okay, I I they're, I think retain, that I agree with you. They retain possession. It's a play team. from scrimmage. Yeah, and the penalty allows them to retain possession. And if if they tucked the ball and ran, it would count as, as yards from scrimmage. Okay, uh, now I agree with you, and it would have been uh re- it would have been very close. I think it would actually would have been tied until the last play of the or that uh, the game that des- the play that decided the game. The uh, ticky-tack, unnecessary roughness on Brandon Graham. That gave the edge to the penalty yards when the commanders had the ball. And so this did not hit for you, unfortunately. So two for you. Marissa, 
An Eagles touchdown scorer's jersey number is divisible by the number of turkeys for which this item sells, which was three. Devontae Smith scores a touchdown. Six, divisible by three, of course. Nice job for Marissa. She gets one. The Commanders score more points than the eight points they did in week three. She paid 11 turkeys for that bad boy, the highest-priced item of the week, and it paid off for her. That's two. An Eagles off-ball linebacker has at least a half sack or an interception. Unfortunately, that did not hit. And then the Commanders do not score on a field goal. That didn't hit either. So Marissa and Zach nodded up at two. And then you got Bo. Casey Tuhill plays more defensive snaps than Robert Quinn. According to now, are we going by True Media or by the uh, official game book? Official game book tomorrow. Okay, we will find out on the official game book. But on True Media, Robert Quinn, 22 snaps, only 27.2% of the snaps. Casey Tuhill played 44% of the snaps, but it was 21 snaps, one fewer snap. We'll see if there's an adjustment in the official game book, but that's what we've got right now. A tough loss for me. Javon Hargrave has at least a half a sack. Bang, bingo, bango, bongo. There is a 21-yard gain on a play from scrimmage, including negated plays. The included negated plays comes up very big here. The offensive pass interference penalty on the on the Washington Commanders, that was a 21-yard gain to Terry McLaurin. This one hits for your boy, giving me two. And then Terry McLaurin has more receiving yards than Devontae Smith. Only six turkeys for this one. Here we go. Another win go, for Bo. Extends the lead. What a night. Everybody, even the Eagles fans, can go home happy knowing that I've secured another victory. I bet they're thrilled. I bet they are. Uh, that reminds me, what's going on? When are we going to see Robert Quinn do something? When is he going to be part of the defense? He barely plays. I need to go back and watch it tomorrow, honestly. Um, but yeah, he didn't do much getting to the quarterback. My guy, Bo Quinn. Uh, and Heineke had 29 dropbacks tonight. So yeah, I have to go back and look at it, honestly. But didn't jump out watching him. He hasn't. I mean, he hasn't jumped out doing anything in through three games. Three games, tough yeah. situation thrown in the middle of the season. The no buy, but weird. they barely played him. But yeah, yeah, they barely played him in yeah. this game too. I don't know. You think the Eagles would have won this game if they had Casey Tuhill? No. I don't know. I do. They won't know. You don't. You know. You know that for a certain. I don't know. For I, certain. Don't, I don't. I don't know. I feel like there's a. I mean, this. There were, the margins were so thin. Yeah. I don't think Casey Tuhill would have made a difference. You're just trying to get out of here. <laughs> Can you blame me? Yeah. You're done writing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, correct. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts? Um, Short week here. Colts have Matt Ryan back in there. Uh, makes them better. It's pretty funny. And maybe we'll maybe we'll uh, try to talk to Zach Kiefer this week. But it is pretty funny that like Frank Reich was forced to bench Matt Ryan, but then Jeff Saturday can come in and let, and make him the starter. Yeah, I, doesn't seem fair. I don't get what's going on there. But Jonathan Taylor showed some juice. That's going to be a a a huge matchup this week. Um, as as we alluded to, Avante Maddox went on IR. That's notable because you know he's going to miss a few weeks now. Uh, and the Eagles are going to have to get by with Josiah Scott. Who well, I thought played fine tonight. He did, yes. I agree. I had a nice conversation with Josiah on Saturday. So, uh, interesting guy. Always liked a Josiah Scott. Yep. Um, and 
overall big picture here, I wouldn't be concerned. But like I said, that margin for error gets thinner, and the Eagles can't just show up and expect to win. Margin for error is like my hair. You have nice hair. Keeps getting thinner. Yeah, you have nice hair. Not as nice as yours. I'm, we don't need to discuss hair here. I like my hair. I don't like the bald spot on the top of my head, but from, anything else on your I end? I lean back from this angle. It's not yeah. so bad. Anything else on your end? Anything else on my end? What could we talk about? Um, we are allowed to wrap it up if you want. Okay. Do you want to get into the long underwear conversation? I don't know what there is to get into. And I don't. I don't know. I've I've never sat next to a reporter who showed up for a, an inside game in long underwear. You have. I've done it in the past. <laughs> I've done it in the past. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I I was on the field before the game. Uh, Flex. And, and so yeah, I I wore long underwear. I I don't think that's a a big deal. I don't even think that's worthy of podcast discussion. But yeah, it makes it's uh it it keeps you warm when you're on the field. That way, I don't have to wear a coat over. It's hard to wear a coat over a sport jacket mm. because you can't just wear like your normal coat. You have to wear like a a coat that's longer and it becomes a whole thing. So it's just easier. I'm to just wear curious if, if the, if the guy who uh, looks down upon uh, men who use women's deodorant feels some kind of way about having to uh, stoop to long underwear to play on the elements. <laughs> it's be not a football guy, you know, it's not stooping. It, there was no stooping there. It was just, uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Look, I don't know why this is a conversation at 3.07 a.m., um, but it kept me warm when I was on the field, bottom line. Okay. You know, look, what's Deion Sanders' line? Look good, feel good, feel good, play good. Play good, pay good, right? But what is, long underwear is not a look good thing. That's an undergarment. It's, <laughs> yeah, I was, sorry. That was a bad analogy there. Okay. All right, well, the Eagles lose. For the first time since January, they are eight and one. Uh, oh, I had one more thing I wanted. To, I did have one more thing I wanted to talk about. A, a complaint, not a full grouse, but a, a note. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed this when we go down to Landover as well. There's no contingent of a team's media that reacts to the game in a more uh, unprofessional manner as a group than the commanders do from a no cheering in the press box standpoint. Now, I, you know, I can be unprofessional in the press box myself, you know, laughing at silly plays, which I did a couple times tonight, but like the, like the cheering for a touchdown, very odd. Yeah, honestly, I, I have enough to worry about in terms of, making sure my work is up to standard that I'm not focused on others in there. That's Did you notice any of this or is this in, is this in, well, in see, my own head? You or? can't not notice it. You bring it up. You, you, <laughs> you brought it up. Uh, I have, I have friends on in that media core. They're nice people. I have no issue there. I, also I, a very big media contingent. So maybe that's really the issue is yeah. that when you get well, that many try. people, yeah. there are always going to be a few. Uh, yeah. I, I can't people. imagine. I can't imagine that many show up to Houston, right? Like Washington mm. Houston games. It's an easy drive, as as you well That's know. That's a good point. Yeah. Not an awful drive though. It's really not I, I you always say that. It's not an awful drive at all. Terrible drive. You're just on ninety five. It's not 
it's it's a fine drive. It always takes way longer than it should. <laughs> I've 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 done that um, dozens upon dozens over a hundred times. Um, you know, I used to live in Washington, and I would go back and forth. It's fine, you look, especially on Sundays. It's usually <laughs> fine. So debatable. Okay, it's All a right. Monday today, though. It's actually a Tuesday now. Sure is. It sure. Make sure you sure check is. out those power rankings that come out tomorrow. That's a must-read every Tuesday. Looking forward to that. Uh, I, I have a just read the AJ Brown interview. That's really all I care about. And it's no longer a secret. Uh, on we'll have the post-game coverage, and then, like we said, it's a it's a short week. We'll have we'll have stories for you throughout the week. So, looking forward to to. To getting back at it, you won't hear anything from the team tomorrow, but you'll hear from them Wednesday. You'll have Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, the locker room, uh, much to discuss on Wednesday, and we will be back, uh, perhaps with a Colts writer later in the week. Would you ever wear a leather jacket? When I, um, I've never thought about it. It's it's not my style. So I got in the press box today in a leather jacket. I'm, I don't I don't think I'd feel comfortable trying to pull it off. Yeah, it's not it's it's not my style, but. Look, as Jalen Hurts said, just going through my notebook, I wrote down another uh, jacket. As Jalen Hurts said on Jason Kelsey's podcast, it's the clothes that make the man, right? Mm. So if you think you can pull it off, I don't believe I can pull it off. It always makes me think of uh, Chris Berman. You're with me, leather. <laughs> I suppose so. Okay. All right, that'll do it for uh, Birds with Friends post game edition, three eleven in the morning. 311, you're like the band 311. You have a gift for prolonging these. Some might call it a gift, yeah. I, I'll, 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 I'll say you are a showman. We were walking into this press box and, or into this room, and you were grumpy. You were... Yeah, I'm not feeling good. You didn't have the energy. You kind of had like this, this this grumpiness to you. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, man, I'm going to have to carry this thing. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, yeah, that that light comes on, and the host comes out, right? So I mean, I'm not so sure that this is like the most ebullient performance of my life. Yeah, you're you're. That's what they call it. That's what they call them in basketball: red light players. You're a red light player, even though it's a green light on your screen. Mm, good question in the chat. Am I more of a showman or a takesman? <laughs> um, you're more of a showman than a takesman. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right, uh, that'll do it. Thanks, everybody. Uh, the, like, six of you uh, who are sicko enough to be watching the show at the moment live. And uh, for those of you who are more intelligent and listening to it uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever. Uh, we'll be back later this week. Probably a one-show week, I would guess. Squeeze two into one. Make it a nice, beefy, long episode as we uh, try to see how the Eagles react and uh, respond to their first loss of the season. So, for Zach and Marissa and Casey, Two Hill, not my son, we thank you for listening. Talk to you later. And as always, we love you.